I'm Russ White at the Network Collective, and this is a Network Collective short take. In this short take, I'll be talking about the death of the seven-layer model. If you have been a network engineer for any amount of time, you've probably seen it drawn on a napkin or illustrated in a book or thrown up on a slide at a presentation at a conference. What am I talking about? The venerable seven-layer model. This model was originally designed in the 1970s by Charles Bachman and his team. They were researching how to build a distributed database, and they wanted to deploy the nodes and connect these nodes via an ARPANET-like network. They needed some solution to be able to carry data between these nodes. In the process of designing this solution, they decided it was easier to break the solution up and build a set of layered protocols to solve each part of the problem. Thus was born the seven-layer model. The ISO at the time was working on the same sort of problems. Bachman's team went to the ISO meetings and presented the seven-layer model they had created. This model was ultimately standardized in ISO 7498, which is a standard you can go download it off the internet today. The ISO protocol suite, or the OSI protocol suite, including CLNS, CLNP, and ISIS, were developed as a set of protocols to fill in the seven layers of the OSI model. The number seven was never meant to be magical. It was designed, or the model was designed, in a way that you could add and subtract layers as requirements came and went. What happened though is like with a lot of things in network engineering, we ossified around the concept of seven layers and we got stuck there. But be honest, when was the last time you actually used the seven layer model for anything? You might say, oh, layer two, layer three, or layer nine when describing a problem or where something is in the network. But are you really using the seven layer model for what it was intended in those cases? Probably the last time you've actually used the seven layer model in understanding and explaining what each layer does is when you're teaching the seven layer model. No one uses the seven layer model to design protocols. We don't talk about the seven layer model in the IETF or nor is it talked about in ISO or any other place that I know of. We don't talk about this seven layer model in understanding what the protocols do. In fact, if you were looking at what protocols do, Ask yourself, where does MPLS fit in the seven-layer model? Where does any tunneling protocol fit in the seven-layer model? Where do protocols that interconnect layers like ARP and Neighbor Discovery fit into the seven-layer model? Where does a routing protocol like BGP fit into the seven-layer model? Oh yeah, sure, it's a layer seven in the seven-layer model protocol, providing information for layer three. Does that even make any sense? How would you use the seven-layer model in troubleshooting? Other than saying this is a layer one problem or this is a layer nine problem, which is most of the time what it is, what useful information does the seven-layer model add to the troubleshooting process? Does it help you understand the function of a given layer and what is happening and what is not or what should be happening and what is not? There's nothing that I know of in any of these spaces where the seven-layer model is really all that useful. The seven-layer model seems to be completely disconnected from the way we build networks and operate networks today. So maybe it's time to hold a funeral for the seven-layer model. But the seven-layer model does seem to persist. Why? So we need to back up and think about why is it people still use the seven-layer model before we throw it out the window. Primarily, the seven-layer model turns out to be a very good teaching tool. 
It excels at teaching one thing, that problems can be broken up into layers and the solutions can be built in layers to solve those problems. So the seven layer model is a good example of using taking a single problem, breaking it up into layers, and then building a solution in layers to make those things work. So the idea of layering is still important in understanding networks. It seems like maybe we need a replacement for the seven layer model rather than a funeral for layered models entirely. But what could we replace it with? I would make a suggestion that if you're looking for a replacement for the seven layer model, you could do worse than to look at the recursive internet architecture, the model derived from the recursive internet architecture, or Rhino. This model was developed by John Day and John Day's team in working on various problems in internet protocols and internet architecture. What are the differences between the OSI model, which is seven layers, and the Rhino model? The OSI model tells you what and how data is passed between the layers. The OSI model also tells you about the information used in each layer. The Rhino model, on the other hand, is more functional. It tells you what each layer does, or rather, what the purpose of each layer is. In the Rhino model, there are really only two kinds of layers. The first kind of layer takes care of transport and multiplexing. So addressing falls in here and marshalling of data and things like that. The second kind of layer takes care of flow and error control. Pairs of layers, one of each kind, are stacked up to build a system. For instance, there would be a pair of layers to solve the problems of transporting data hop by hop between a router and a router or a switch and a switch. Another might be built on top of that to solve the problems of transporting data from a host to a host. And a third might be piled on top of that to solve the problem of carrying information from application to application and so on and so on. John Day argued that we should have eight layers in our model, four sets of Rhino layers or four pairs of Rhino layers. So the next time you are thinking about understanding, using, and teaching layering in network protocols, consider the Rhino model instead of the OSI model. You might find that the Rhino model is much more useful in describing what is actually happening in the network. And you might be able to have that funeral for the OSI model and leave it far behind. So that's it for this time. Remember, you can always find me at the Network Collective, and you can find all of my stuff at rule11.tech, where you'll find lots of great information about networking technology and metacognitive skills. Thanks.